live from Boulder, Colorado, it's the k Sports Pigs Podcast. 2-2 to Mookie Wilson. And it's going to go to the backstop. Here comes Mitchell to score the tying run. And Ray Knight is at second base. Hey, TK. Hello. How's life in the COVID world? It's good. It's good. Um, taking a bit of a break from work before I'm going back to law school. Um, we just completed a move, but, you know, just it's been good here. have enjoyed having some sports back and, yeah, just trying to stay, stay well. Uh, how about you? Good, good. I've I've been enjoying unemployment. Um, so shout out to all the eleven percent unemployed out there. So I finally yep. have always wanted to make the top ten percent, and and here I, here I am. Yeah, and sports is sports has been fun because you know we can get inundated with the political talks in, in COVID, and there's a lot of shows that that have kind of paused. I'd, um, so it's nice that that we have have some sports to um, um, to follow. But as one thing, I like to get your take. One thing is I miss as as we had in the intro in the classic nineteen eighty six game six World Series is is the, the the crowd and the emotion of the fans. What are What's what's your take on watching some of some of these uh, COVID sports events? Yeah, so it definitely is a little strange. Um, I know baseball has been trying to implant crowd noise, which I think is good because the players say without the crowd noise, it just feels weird. Their voices kind of carry throughout the um, throughout the uh, field, so it makes sense. But it definitely feels weird. You know, because you'll be hearing all this crowd noise and it's usually loud and it feels like the stadium is packed for a playoff game. But then you look and you just see the cardboard uh, cutouts. Um, so I'm not a I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I almost would rather they be silent because just because I think that's kind of in it's a unique experience to experience games without kind of that fan noise. But I definitely get why they're doing it. Because the players say it just feels really jarring, especially in a baseball stadium. You have 40,000 people, you know, there's all this noise, but it's really jarring to just hear yourself kind of um, throughout the, uh, throughout the uh, field. So I definitely get it, but it's, you, you'll be watching for an hour and you'll forget it, but then it will come back. So it's definitely always there. Yeah, I definitely miss the re- the reaction of the fans. The oh yeah, you know the head shaking. And as a Mets fan, I miss kind of the booing and yeah, and cussing about the own ownership in the stands and um, you know, especially see- come playoff baseball because you know that's when you feel like the crowd is on their feet for every pitch. And you feel like, you know, the crowd sometimes wills a team for a comeback or wills a, a pitcher 
to get that last out of the uh, to get out of a, a jam. So just to watch playoff baseball, which is usually just so intense without the crowd noise, I think will feel really different. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like we're going to have uh, at least in the U.S. We're going to have crowds back um, at any um, time in the next next couple months. Even the Packers came came out and said. Definitely, their first two games, there's going to be no no fans. So it'll be interesting to see. Think about a team like Green Bay or the Seahawks, where they have such home field advantage. Oh yeah, but um, they won't. It'd just be yeah. it's it's just going to be um, like they're playing on a neutral field. Well, the Texas Longhorns they last claimed that they still want to welcome fifty percent of their fans back for their first home game. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, isn't usually their first their first home game in, in August, the end of August? Yep. I don't know how logistically you could do that. What is it? Like every 50, other every other seat? Yeah. It'd still be fifty thousand people in the stadium. So we'll see. But yeah, I was listening to a um uh, the Premier League podcast, and their move. It seems like the a lot of clubs have, have come up with um, pods of of fan of families to sit together. So they're um, and football may may take a look over what how the English Premier League is is doing. And I know Sunderland is talking about they have a stadium that seats forty thousand, and they're talking about maybe ten or twelve. 12,000 oh, wow. fans doing it and having a group of the season ticket holders, maybe sitting, sitting um, together in one okay. specific um, area and then having spacing for those, uh, those group of friends or season or people that share season tickets. Um, so yeah, it'll, it, it'll be interesting. It's, it's not the same, but at least it brings a normalcy to life. For sure. Yeah, I uh, yeah I definitely rather have games with no fans than no games at all. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, speaking of, speaking of the games, um, we did not have. It's been it's a strange season, but we did not have a uh, baseball prediction right. episode. So right. what what are your thoughts on what we've seen, and do you have uh, any predictions for? So it's an interesting year because normally at this point we're 15 games into the year, and normally at this point, you know, even if your team's four and ten, five and ten, you're not too worried. It's a long year; there's plenty of time to get back. But now, 15 games, we're at a quarter of the way through the year. Um, and so we that's pretty shocking and it certainly makes the stakes a lot bigger each game um so even though there are teams that like um that are off to a slow start it's getting to the point i think where we can really start to get a sense of what the playoff picture is going to look like and the cana guys we usually do a preseason baseball pick but like you said it's just been a weird year um, so I thought we could share our early thoughts of the year, kind of looking at the Mets, the uh, Dodgers, the leagues as a whole, 
and then go on a record and say what our World Series pick is. So I can start, or you can start with the Mets. I know the Mets, it's been, you were very optimistic about the Mets in the beginning of the, of the year. And it's kind of been a typical Metsian. This is we. This is such a Mets. This is such a Mets season. Such a. This is this is what us Mets fans go. I mean, there was there was optimism because uh, playoffs are expanded. Eight teams. We had Cespedes coming coming back. We had visions of um, McNeil. Um, and Alonzo and Cespedes in the lineup. Mets got off to a slow start. They had a couple injuries in the in the bullpen. Uh, Marcus Stroman got hurt, and then Cespedes actually <laughs> he actually didn't show up for a game. And then there was the whole debacle of of uh, the communication between the Mets, the Cespedes, and the agent. But what we know is that he didn't show up for a game. He wasn't at, at – the Mets went to check on his hotel. He wasn't at the hotel, and the agent called up and said that he was opting out. And I fully support any any athlete for for opting out um, for, for COVID. But just, you know, starting the season, not showing up, and for the game right. and having your agent call up and opt out. But actually I think I think the Mets will be better. They'll, they're getting they'll have the the uh Cespedes debacle all you know, he's gone, the distractions not gone. Um but the one thing that I was worried about the Mets was their their bullpen and their bullpen's actually actually been pretty decent. Yeah. And do you think I do you think they're hitting will come around. Um, Alonzo, actually, he hit a home run tonight, so maybe he can break out of his slump. So, you know, this is the Mets. They'll, they'll just, they'll just like tank and we, and we are like at our wits end about them, but then they're going to make a run and we're all going to be back euphoric Mets fans again. So. uh, And the thing about this year, they just have to be the eighth best team. That's it. In the league to, to get to get in, and you know, uh, Mets fans were so bipolar because we we get so angry and down on them. But then there's there's the part of me that thinks, well, if we could just get the eight seed and we have Degrom going and Alonso, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but uh, I, I realistically, I'm picking the Dodgers over the Yankees in the World Series. I like it. And so the Dodgers have been off to a strong start, um, and they're I think ten and four. Um, so that's all been pretty much going. It's it's been pretty it's been pretty much chalk. They've they've been um, doing well. I know the Rays were kind of a darling pick. They're they're off to a slow start. They're six and seven. The Astros have been off to a little bit of a slow start for them. They're six and uh, seven two. And the Rockies, they're ten and three, eleven and three, and a lot of people are saying this could be their year because what always is they get burnt out playing, you know, the. Um, but this could be the year, a, a sixty-game uh, season. Could it be the year of the Rock, uh, the 
So they've been good, but really it's just such a fun year and I've enjoyed kind of, it's been so nice to have base to, to have baseball back. And I would even say, I like the 60 game uh, season. It just makes it more fun as a fan because you don't have to commit to this long year and it makes every game feel big. Um, but I know the, they are, um, you may groan, but I'm going to make the same pick as you. The Dodgers will win the World Series over the New York Yankees. I think they're the two best teams, um, but I think they um, so it's and it's going and it's going to come down to uh, depth, and both teams have a uh, depth. So I'll say they'll eke out the World Series win for their seventh title and first in about about 32 years now. Yeah, it reminds me of. 1981, the last time we had kind of a, a, a real shortened season, I want to say that they played 50 games in the first half, and then there was a long strike, and then they came back and and played a second half season. So the the they took the the teams that won in the first half, and then added an extra layer in the playoffs for the teams in the, in the second half. And so I think it was a hundred game season and it was oh. the Dodgers, the Dodgers beat the Yankees in, in that, that right. world series. And that's the thing I've heard everyone say, Oh, well this world series title, will it really count? Can the team really claim it? And I'm like, yeah, you know, the, the, I think team, if a team wins, their fans will have no qualms about it being a 60 game season and in 40 years, no one's going to remember that the 2020 World Series winner only played uh, 60 games. So I think it's a real year. And, oh, yeah. Hey, so. And extra round of playoffs, too. Yeah. My hope is, because baseball's been so fun to have back, but it's, there's been a little controversy with the Marlins and Cardinals, and I'm hoping that they can keep it steady and we get a full year. Yep, knock on wood. That would be great. So that that leads me to the next thing I, I thought we'd um, talk about is is the Dodgers. So, um, might if you could talk about your one A and one B, and also I think a, a lot of fans get confused about you know the Bill Simmons did uh, you know his thing on fandom, but let's let the the, the our listeners know our views on having a favorite team and a second favorite team, which we like to call one a and one B. Right. So there are times when you have two teams that you have strong ties to, um, maybe one team you grew up following and then you moved to a new city and you started following this new team. Um, and in those situations, I think it's appropriate to say you have two favorite teams. So they're both your favorite teams. But at the same time, you know, nothing in life is purely even. There will probably come a time when those two... So this is how you tell if it's a 1A or 1B team. If those two teams played in the championship of that sport, so the so it's Game 7 of, of the World Series, it's the uh, Super Bowl, who would you root for? And that can be tough, but it's the team that you would, even if it's slightly, it's the team you would slightly root for. So that's your 1A. 
and the other is your 1B. They're both your favorite teams, and you both root for them to do well. You might follow them closely. You might know the you might have a, a hat or a shirt. You're a full fan of both teams. But the 1A, 1B shows there is one team where if these two teams are forced to play, you would root for your 1A over your 1B. So for me in baseball, you know, I didn't grow up in a town that had a baseball team. And Austin is notoriously, the fans will switch between the Astros and Rangers, depending on who's doing um, well. You know, it was 2005, everyone growing up was a was a, a Houston fan, and then they went to the uh, Rangers when they had their run, and now they're back on the and now they're back on the uh, Houston fandom. So, I think I grew up in that culture of people switching teams. Um, and then when I met my wife, she was a uh, Dodgers fan. And I wanted to watch those games too, and they and they're a fun team to watch. So they became my one B team. And I think, well, where Bill Simmons, I think he'd be fine with all of this so far. But of course, as you know, Bill Simmons has his rules for switching. And where I disagree is Bill Simmons has hard and fast rules where you can never switch your one A and one B team. Once you choose a one A team, you're a one A team for life. He has a few exceptions or clauses that you can invoke right. to, to um, switch. So say, for instance, you know, you with the Jets, he says, if you are a fan of a team that has been so mismanaged that the ownership has shown so little regard for the fans and the well-being that for your mental health, you can no longer in good faith support that team, then you can switch. And I think you invoked that clause and made the Seahawks your 1A team. Is that correct? That is that is correct. So, um, and Bill Belichick, you know, indicated quite early when he was the coach for a day of the Jets, he knew that that Woody Johnson was trying to behind the scenes get Bill Parcells to be be the coach to return because Bill Parcells had quit. So but, Belichick yeah. knew that either Woody Johnson, this squirrely guy who wanted to get Bill Bill Parcells to be the coach and replace him, or Dolan, the horrible owner of the Knicks. So I've actually implemented that that rule twice with crazy owners. And, and then, the Knicks, if there are any Knicks fans out there, I think you are within your full right to use this clause. Yeah. And, you know... I, and to be fair to myself, I haven't used it all. Well, I legitimately could have used that for the Mets, but there's such, there, um, you know, as bad as the Will Ponds have been, nothing, nothing like, like Woody. I think that the Will Ponds really wanted to win. They're just incompetent. Where Woody is, he he came he came out and said this. Imagine this. The, the Jet fans that have waited 40, 50 years for their team in the Super Bowl and said, I could care less if the Jets win a Super Bowl. I want to see my guy win the presidency. And then he's 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 brought in, he doesn't care, he cares more about his ticket sales. He brought in Brett Favre and he he brought uh, he brought in Tim Tebow. 
uh, fired Rex Ryan. He did not care about winning. So um, I should have implemented that clause long ago, but uh, you know, I saw the writing in you know 2012, and finally I pulled pulled the trigger on on 2014 on that. And I pulled the trigger on the Cowboys too. Um, the same frustrations with Jerry Jones. Just feeling like you never want your owner to be the story. You want your owner to sign the paychecks, pay the bills, and let a GM run the team. And Jerry Jones, he just loves the spotlight. He wants to be the story. Everything is always about Jerry and Jerry and Jerry's money. And it has got to be too much. It has got to be too much. The greed, the... Ego, um, you know, I mean, you've been to Jerry World. You can see how he's designed it almost to squeeze every inch of space can have an ad on it, which is all about the money. Um, so I switched to the Hawks, too. Now, my baseball fan, if I admit, this is where I'm a little bit on shaky grounds. Because while I do have legitimate qualms with the Rangers, I don't know if they have been mismanaged to the level that the Jets or the Knicks or the Cowboys have. I will say, I was watching the Rangers game last night in their new stadium, and it's very apparent to me that that new stadium is a money grab. It just It's very cookie-cutter. There's no kind of originality or quirks. There's advertisement everywhere. Um, I think it cost a billion dollars with the taxpayers putting half the bill. So that was a clear money grab so maybe i i could use that clause but i would like to propose that every fan in their life gets one mulligan where they can say for no questions asked i'd like to turn this in and i'd like to switch teams you know if you do it every year that's a little sketchy right i think every fan you know there could be just some time in their life when they might want to switch teams and you have one free pass where you can switch teams with no uh, reason why. That's my take. I, I don't know if you would feel the same way. Oh, I agree. And, and that's why I, I, I kind of like the, the one mulligan and I made the mulligan in 2014 with, with um, the Seahawks. And that's why, you know, I, like the Mets, and I would never, um, I, I, I wouldn't want to use a second mulligan. Um, one thing about the 1A and 1B, I mean, me, for me personally, um, I believe for myself personally is, is like splitting the divisions. Like I wouldn't want right. two 1A teams or a 1A, 1B team, my favorite, second favorite, or my two favorites in the same same division or even in that's the same excellent league. Excellent point. Yeah, and I think that's the same way I found in the Premier League when I asked the Can-A sports fans who should be my favorite team because I think having the 1A and 1B teams be bitter rivals is also problematic. So Tottenham and uh, Arsenal, they hate each other. So rooting for them both, I think that that's hard. It's like the Dolphins and the Jets, or even the Jets and the Giants. I think that's a little sketchy. I think your 1A, 1B team, 
I think it's okay if they're in the same league, if they're in different divisions, but ideally they should be in different leagues. It's like the Rangers and the AL, the Dodgers and the uh, NL. And I don't know if you have a – do you have a NFC or an, a 1B in football and a and AFC team? I really, I really don't. I don't have a um, 1 – I don't have – in football, I don't have a 1B team. In um, baseball, I don't have a 1B team. And in, in, in uh, basketball, my, my 1A team is the Mavericks. My, I do have a 1B team. Um, the, the Trailblazers. Right, the Trailblazers. Um, so, you know, that, that, I'd throw that out to the listeners if, if any, or any AFC team, if they want to be my second favorite team, I guess I would say any team that plays the Patriots would yeah. be, would be my one B team. Oh, I like it. Well, there you go, fans. So you can have a one, a one B team. You can switch freely. You have one free pass where you can switch. But really, at the end of the day, I think here at k and I can, I don't know if I'm speaking for both of us, but I think, you know, find a team that you like to root for. Find a team that you connect with because people might judge your sports picks, but at the end of the day, you're the fan. I know for you, you didn't get a lot of enjoyment with Jets games, and now you're a Hawks fan, and there's still some tough times, but overall... You're uh, happier. You enjoy the games more. So really find a team. It's your life. Find the teams that you enjoy to root for. Amen. Amen. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, life is too too short to <laughs> stick with a, a situation that just causes you uh, nothing but, but pain. And it's an analogy that I heard from this comedian one time. He's like uh, – you know, if you drink a, um, out of a carton and it's it's sour milk, um, why would you put it back in the refrigerator and say, well, maybe tomorrow it won't be sour? No, it's sour milk. Throw it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good times, good times. Well, um, we, we're because back to um, our listeners and our listener demands. We're not going to do any interviews this week, but we do have some listener questions. But first, did you want to break down your thoughts on the New York Islanders? I yeah, mean, had a, a mention of those. Yeah, so very very excited um, uh, about about the Islanders and and winning. Um, you know, talk about dysfunctional owners. We like we could do a whole podcast in some of the New York Islanders um, ownership, but I would have to when I was when I was a young lad, they were probably my favorite of all my sports teams. Um, they oh, were wow. a bunch of gritty guys. They won four Stanley Cups in a row. Um, there's a on YouTube. There's a show called Fort Never Lose, talking about the the uh, New York Islanders back in their, their heyday. So I was, you know, I was very excited to see, to see them win and advance. I don't have a lot of hopes. Um, they're either going to play the Bruins or the Capitals. Um, the Capitals would be a better matchup for them. They usually play them pretty tough. A few years ago, they lost to them in uh, game seven. 
Um, they just they do not match up well with the Bruins. They the Bruins play a better style. I mean that they, they play the similar style to the Islanders, but they have more talent. So um, they the Islanders have struggled when they've played the Bruins. But playoff hockey, you never you never know. I like it. You never know. So there you have it. All right. Okay, so our first listener question today is from Vladimir from Moscow. And Vladimir wants to know, if you were to fix a game, what game would you fix? And how would you fix that game? Wow. Great question, Vladimir. I, can I ask a clarification question? Yes. Does he mean fix as in make a rule change or does he mean fixes in like using an illegal means to using i i think um i wish we could get vladimir on the phone but i i take it what vladimir means is to using whatever methods you can to in, influence the outcome of a game whether that be legally or illegally that would be up to a senate subcommittee to determine that. So I'm taking it Vladimir is an Astros and a Patriots fan. Uh, but if I was in Vladimir's shoes, not that I condone any activities that are against the rules of a sport, but if looking at it from his perspective, I think I would change or bribe possibly the qualification process for the World Cup and have the U.S. avoid playing Mexico and Costa Rica <laughs> because the U.S. seems to always lose to those teams. So maybe when they're doing the draws and the balls, I'd have a little magnets to ensure the U.S. gets posted with Jamaica or Honduras um, because, let's face it, U.S. soccer, they need all the help they can get. And I think uh, we could all say that two less games against um, – those teams would do them a lot of good in trying to qualify for the World Cup. All right. USA. <laughs> so, what about you? Yeah. So um, I think it would be tough with all the scrutiny to, to fix a uh, professional game. So here's, here's kind of a wild card. Here, random, random thought. Um, I would fix a bowling match. So, oh. like, get someone, like, that's, you know, behind the scene, you know, behind the curtain or whatever, and when when a, a bowler, um, the bowler that you want to win, you know, maybe hits, leaves one pin, or even leaves a split, you know, behind the scenes, you can just have a fan to blow, blow one of the pins down. Oh, yeah, I like it. I so, like it a lot. Uh, maybe I would look for, um, you know, a Russian or or maybe a celebrity, and and it would it would if one particular person in bowling dominated like Tiger Tiger Woods, I mean maybe it would bring bring some um, notoriety excitement. To it. Yeah, you could have like like a Justin Bieber or, or Zac Efron say that they've been. During quarantine, they've they've been just doing nothing but getting ready for bowling, and then you can just you know you just have your 
person there that's got to knock the pins down behind the scenes. No one sees it. And, and, you know, they're bowling 300 games and all of a sudden you're like ratings go off the roof because they want to see Zach Efron or Justin Bieber or someone you know, dominate the bowling leagues. Well, you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. If the U.S. gets a really good draw in the World Cup games and if bowling makes a sudden surge because of a star player, do not look at the KNA sports pick guys. <laughs> no. So I hope, Vladimir, that that answers your question. If if not, just feel free to to ping us. Our um, next question is uh, Dakota from from Boulder, and Dakota said, um, "You know, sports are back. There's a lot of leagues that are are back um, during this time of COVID, and they're each handling it a little bit different. Is there a particular league?" that that we're following so i've been following baseball quite a bit um i will say baseball just by their handling i think has struggled um but i have been really enjoying baseball um you know it's just a great sport for the summer to have on to catch some of a game um i've watched one basketball game the last 15 minutes of a Mavs game. Um, but I don't get too many Mavs games on TV, so I've missed some of those. Um, I know golf is back. I've never been that's sure that's great for golf fans, but I have not been following golf as closely, though I do think the PGA Championship is this week. Yep, it's so, this weekend. So that's exciting for golf fans. But me personally... Oh, well, when the um, when uh, soccer was back, I followed the uh, Spurs, um, and that was fun. It seems like they did a really good job of, of, bringing, uh, foot, of uh, bringing soccer back safely. Um, but I, so when that was going on, I was following the Spurs. Now that the Premier League is done, I've been following baseball. Well, it sounds like you've been following a bit of the um, – the uh, Timbers, too. Is that right? That's right. Tuesday night, the Timbers The Timbers are in the finals of the MLS is, is back. Um, you know, I was hoping that that the city of Portland would have a, a, of a watch party, um, but I, I haven't I haven't seen anything. It's um, it's a shame that the game, the match can't can't be played here in, in Portland. But it just seems like with all the COVID cases that have gone on with baseball and how hockey, uh, soccer, um, and basketball have been able to can control COVID, that a bubble city, um, having, having a sport in a bubble seems yeah. to be more effective than, than teams having games in their home park and, right. and traveling. Which I do feel for baseball because I think there are so many games that the only places to play it where there would be enough stadiums would be Arizona or Florida, both of which, well, as you know, right now are incredibly hot. So it'd be tough to play day games there and have high rates. So I think they're in a tough spot. Um, I think it's easier to do like hockey or basketball and kind of win one or two um, places. 
Um, so I do think baseball has a more difficult scheduling job. I'm optimistic, though, because it seems like they've been handling this well. They've been, um, they've been working, and so I'm not, I'm not doom and gloom like some people who are saying this, the, that the uh, season is doomed, but I definitely think they're in a tough spot with how many teams and how, um, how um, the games that they must play in a day. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up, how difficult it is. Um, I mean, there's no handbook. There's no books that are out there on how to, how to manage a professional sports league in a, in a pandemic. Right. Yeah. Um, so any decision that these commissioners make, you know, is, is analyzed, criticized or whatever. I think baseball is, Commissioner Manford, he gets he gets a lot of flack, um, but I think that they've they've done as as well as as they they could. It's unprecedented time, and um, you know hopefully next year we get back. Things will to, be better. Yeah, things will be better. Um, so I applaud all the leagues. I think it, I think it's good for for people the more that we can provide some normalcy to our day to day life. Okay, so we've got a question from uh, Thor from Asgard. All right. Thor is a huge, huge fan, huge fan. And he was wanted to know, what mythical creature do you wish actually existed? That's a great question, Thor. Um I'd say a dragon, but that seems dangerous. And I want to do a mythical creature that would be fun, but you know, wouldn't endanger cities or burn down places. So I guess if I had to choose one, it'd be the uh, Pegasus. Ooh. It'd be fun to have a flying horse, you know, to, yeah. and maybe like they could have flying horse races. I think that would be fun. You know, in the sky, and just a fun way to travel and see the uh, world. And like I said, I think I'm like a dragon or a sea monster. They wouldn't cause doom where where they uh, went. So I'll say a, a Pegasus. I like it. Uh, I I would like to see uh, Sasquatch. I mean, oh, that that would be fun. Living in the in the Northwest, there's a lot of cool looking T-shirts and bumper stickers that salute uh sasquatch um i'd like to be going on a hike out in the forest and one day run across him maybe see if he wants to sit down have a cup of coffee and talk what it's like to to be sasquatch well i like that i would like that very much i think that's like that that would be a lot of fun um so we have one other question uh from Harry and um, Megan, um, they live in Los Angeles, and they're big fans of the show. They, they like our podcast more than a lot of American podcasts because um, we, we often talk about the English Premier League. Um, but they asked, they've been binge-watching um, a lot on TV during COVID, Particularly, they, they've enjoyed uh, watching all, I think it's eight or nine season of the show Suits. Um, oh, wow. But they want to know what 
what what have we been watching recently? Well, great. Um, so three things come to mind. The first is Community, which is on Netflix. Um, I think it was released on Netflix just a few months back and finally got around to watching it, and it's been a lot of fun. I watched the original run and thought it was awesome, and it's fun to look back now, and it's still great. I've also watched Space Force, which was from the creator of the uh, – it was from Greg Daniels, um, and that was 10 episodes on Netflix. That was a, a comedy. That was fun, too. And then finally, Upload, which was fun, too, is a 10 um, – I think it was 10 parts on, I want to say, um, uh, um, Netflix, too. I can't recall, but it was yeah, fun. I think, I think it was on Amazon. 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 Yeah. That's right. Yeah, but it kind of looked at this future where when you die, your brain can be kind of zapped or saved and you kind of live on this cloud. Um, so we'll live on this like world, which sounds great, but they kind of explore kind of the things that go wrong and how even when people die, there's kind of this gap between the haves and have nots because the haves can afford these fancy simulations where they're living in mansions and then the have nots live in this very basic, you know, like kind of the 2G phone plan where they only get certain data each month. So it was a really fun show. It went fast, but it was a fun look at what the uh, future could look like. Yeah, I would, I would highly recommend the show upload, uh, watch that. I, I enjoyed that. The other thing I, I just finished, um, Southern so- Sunderland till I die, uh, season two. Oh, wow. Uh, so Southampton Saints are, will always be my one, a team. Um, uh, and Sunderland has now become my one B team. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah, I just fascinated by the dysfunctional um, organization, the Sunderland. I feel for the fans. It's such a big, massive club, and they've just been been mismanaged. They have such hardcore um, fans, and you know, just you're just hoping that one day. They'll get a you know stability and management and 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 move move back up to Champions League and then the EPL. But you know it's it's that's what happens in life. You know, things don't always yeah. work out. Well, Leeds, Leeds was a big team. I think they went, they won the Premier League in like nineteen ninety one. Yeah, they had won all these cups. They've been in the top flight for years. I think they even went to the Champions League semifinals. It's a huge club, and then in 2001, I guess they collapsed due to debt. As you know, this massive club, one of the biggest in the sport, was in the second or third tier for 16 or so or, or so years. Um, and really, that's the fun thing about the uh, prim, about the uh, Premier League. Outside of four or five teams, you know, you never know if your team could have a bad year and could be gone. Um, so I think that makes it fun, and I look forward. I watched uh, season one. And I look forward to seeing um, season two. Yeah, absolutely. That was great. Well, Tanner, it's it it's it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, maybe 
we can check back in when baseball goes to the playoffs. And then not too long, we'll have some football talk. Yeah. Training camp, preseason, NFL preview, of course, assuming in these uncertain times, I guess the KNA sports guys will have to stay on top and make sure we find out what's going on with the leagues. Yeah, and I, um, I think uh, you know we'll reach out to uh, maybe uh, Sarah Palin again and Bernie. Um, awesome. I, I've been in communication with Q. I don't think he'll be back on the show, but um, there's a former former president. I don't want to say which one that uh, may make a make an appearance. That's very exciting. Yeah, I'll have to keep my ears out for that. Okay, Tanner. It's been a pleasure. Fans, stay cool, stay golden. From KA, we're signing out.